The Baby Lambs podcast may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. One. One. Hi. Hi there. How are you? Are you having a good day? We hope so. Yeah. It's Pisces season. We're finally in the best season of the year. It's arguable. It is the best season. Mm. Let, let me tell you why. The weather is favorable. It's full of love. And it's super fucking short. It's a short... It's what a, is it? Well, the month is. February no, is a short month. No, it's earlier. Huh? That's why your season starts earlier. What do you mean? Yeah. Most of them start season? on the 20th. Yes. Or the 21st. You're starting today. Really? Actually and it today? it ends like a day later than it should. Well, either way, it's a great season. Ha. This is the end of the Zodiac. This is literally when the Zodiac ends. Or begins. No, it begins at Aries. Ugh. I know. I know. That's why Pisceans are so wise. Because we have all the signs rolled up into one. It's, mm. a, it's a heavy burden we carry. Right. It is. Right. You know I'm very wise. The wisest. You're like an owl. I am. Hoo-hoo. But anyway, it's Wednesday. How exciting for you. Because it's a Wednesday and it's hump Hump day. day. The greatest commercial ever. It is. That whole series of commercials were pretty great. I don't know. What would would you categorize as the best commercial of all time? Ah. Oh my god. It was so annoying. (laughs) So annoying. No, honestly... Peaches and cream. Peaches and cream. <laughs> yes. I'm yes. a little man like peaches and cream. Peaches and cream. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Oh, man. That was genius. I, I love, love all those weird-ass commercials. I, I was thinking about the Slim Jim one. Do you remember the one that was like, Snap to a Slim Jim. Eat me. I was thinking about yeah. it the other day, and I'm like, why? Right? Why did they do that? And all the mental commercials. They were just really oh. sweet. I, I, the one I just remember is that guy who gets a pinstripe suit after sitting on the bench. <laughs> He's like, let me... I'm, you know what? I'm just going to embrace it. And then he like rolls around and he's yeah. like with his Mentos because Mentos gives you inspiration. It's a fresh maker. I love Mentos. I know. God, I, I love putting him so in Coca-Cola. I, you know, I've never, ever, ever, you ever... You've never done that? No, like, I know it's like a Diet Coke thing. I, okay, never, we have to do it. We have to do an experiment with it. Okay. I want to do, like, 15. I want to make it real bad. Okay, we have to, like, run. Well, duh. Do it in, like, a park or something. Yeah, that's fine. We'll do it in the middle of, like, Tropical Park. Yeah. No, we'll do it. You know what we'll do it? We'll do it on the hill. We'll do it on the top of the hill, and then we'll just, like, it'll be, like, Mount, Mount Tropicoparkius. Yep. Like, Vesuvius? Yep. Mount Vesuvius. Mount Vesuvius. A hill. <laughs> Hill, hill, Vesuvius. Yes, and then I'll just then you'll just see like the like, like an explosion, but from afar it'll just be like a, and it's quick, so it's like nothing happens. Right. Oh man. We may or may not get in trouble. What if we brought like five, like two liters, of of them? Uh huh. Bring five two liters, and we just put them in a circle, and then we each time our dropping of the of the bentos, uh-huh. and then. And then it's kaboom! And then we run away. And we run away! And then we get kicked out of the park. Yep. But, you know, That's it'll be worth it. That's exactly how I want to ring in 32, though. Yep. So it's, uh, just letting you know. 
That's what I want. Yeah. If you were wondering. Okay, now I know. Good. That's what you'll get. Okay. Just all of us in a park with a two liter bottle of Coke or Five. Diet Coke. Five two. Five liters. per person? No, man. Oh, okay. Like one each. Okay. And then know. we have to buy cementos. Mm-hmm. But the you know, fresh maker. The fresh maker. But anyway, so yeah, Pisces season. This is a season. And like if you look up your horoscope and stuff, like now that Pisces is in like I don't know where we are, it like is good for everybody. Mm-hmm. And everybody's gonna be much more in touch with your emotions. Yeah. I thank you in advance. Or you can thank me. Yeah. For that. You're welcome. Because the Pisces are full of emotions. I just know that Sagittarius is in Jupiter for the whole year. Yep. So it's my ruling planet. So it means it'll be a good year. What does Jupiter what does Jupiter rule know. in our in our chart? I don't know. I know that something is in Mercury and that something in Mercury is like important to like making money. Something isn't there. So, any astrologers out there, you can explain it to us. But anyway, we are really off. Yep, because we're not, we're not even talking about yeah. astrology today. We're not. It just came up because you said Pisces, and I'm like... No, because I saw it, and I was like, it's your season! It is! Yes. My favorite time of the year. Yeah. But we were actually going to talk about a topic. I guess we should talk about it. What's the topic? Uh, we're going to talk about one day at a time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One Let day at a time. time. One day at a time. That's a song, oh, though. Hey, oh, one day at a time. It's like, one day at a time. One day at a time. It's so good. I, it you know, it's like the one theme song I don't skip. I don't either. Though I know none of the words. Oh, I, like if it plays? Yeah. I'll sing along to it. I know it's da na 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 so come and have a ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Hannah, enjoy the view. If I'm doing what you do, one day at a time. And then I like when it like hits a rumba. And then you hear, Aria. Yep. One day at a time. That's my anyway. Yeah. High hopes. High, High hopes. hopes. Hashtag High not sponsored. Hashtag Netflix call us. Hashtag we're going to talk about it anyway. Yeah, we are. So, One Day at a Time is awesome, and the third season just came out. Yeah. And uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't watched One Day at a Time, it's about a Cuban family. When, like, Cuban-American family. Cuban-American family that lives in, in Los Angeles. I know. Who would have thought? Which is, like, so great. Yeah. And Gloria Estefan is a, an executive producer of the show, mm-hmm. and she sings the theme song, and... She made an appearance in this season. Yes, with her beautiful, like, curly hair. Oh, God, she was so beautiful. Mida. And then she sang Ave Maria with yeah. the Moreno, and I'm like, I'm, I can die right now. It was such a great oh. first episode. Like, okay, so t- when you first started watching One Day at a Time, what, like, I'm, I'm talking, like, first season, what were your feelings on it as... A Cuban so, slash American. I am one of the few probably our like generation that did watch the original one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, like it's cool. Like I, I was kind of excited because um, it's been a while since like there was a show about a Cuban family mm-hmm. on TV. Right. 
Um, because before this, all my all our references are Que Pasa USA. Right. That I did watch a fuck ton of. Oh my god, it's the best. Garaje sale. So, one of the best jokes. <laughs> um, so, I was like, oh, you know, I'll watch it, even yeah. though I know that none of these people are Cuban. It's true. So we'll uh, yeah, see. I don't think any of them are, actually. None of them. None of them are Cuban. None All of them. them are, like, other descent. Yep. But yeah. what what is cool is that a lot of the guest stars are Cuban. Are Cuban. Yeah. Like, her dad. Yeah. Is, he is Cuban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did, and then, like, that first season came out, and it was like, oh, no, I picked up the momento. Yeah. This is, like, on point on so many levels. What I love is that it's, like, not, like, okay, so, que pasa you was saying, for example, if you hear all the squeaks, it's because my couch is old. Yeah, and, and I can't stop moving. <laughs> But what Que Pasa USA was was very, like, aware yeah. of itself. It was very aware of, like, Cubans in Miami during a period and, like, being Cuban meant mm-hmm. something and, like, the uh, the level of, you know, But it was more like... stuff. Que Pasa USA was, was representative of its time because mm-hmm. it's also, the, like, the quote-unquote first waves of Cubans. So they are... Showing off the fact that they're Cuban, but that they've also assimilated right. to the United States. Whereas, one day at a time, it's like, they're already established here. Like, this is second generation yeah. in the States. Right. So, it's more than just... I mean, they. it's like... What I appreciate is that what makes it so relatable is that they are, they're a family that are going through, like, the changes of the yeah. time. Who just happened to be... Of you know Cuban, yeah. So cute. So so it plays in like their culture plays in here and there. But the truth is that they're dealing with very, like relatable and yeah. complex issues. The mom is a veteran, mm-hmm. and she's dealing with you know PTSD. She's dealing with severe yeah. depression and anxiety, and uh, and 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 the waves that come with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the daughter is is she identifies as 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 a gay woman, mm-hmm. and she's young, so she is uh, she learns about herself as the as the yeah. series kind of grows. The son is um, a papi, a un papi. Yeah, he's just a, a he's just like niño, the, the little angel, angel. El niño lindo de la casa. Mm-hmm. And then you have Rita Moreno who plays the abuela, yeah. who is like, you know. Very in touch with her, like, Cubanness, mm-hmm. Pero she is, too, going through this assimilation of letting go of country and, you know, yeah. coming into this country. Even though she lived here for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And that, I feel like, her story for sure is the most, like, I, 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 see, I saw that, like, live. Yeah. And, um, and I feel like we may have talked about that yeah. before. But this season was really cool because... It really explored anxiety and depression mm-hmm. more. It really explored um, like pronouns and uh, sexual identity, gender identity, yeah. that thing, and uh, addiction. Yeah. Uh, as well as um, yeah. I thought the one that was, I mean, they every season they've like approached difficult topics. Um. I feel like this one, they just kind of, like, up the ante a little bit. Uh, a lot of it. Yeah. Um, because they even talked about, like, 
how Papito, because he's on Papito or whatever, like, they had to learn about, you know, having a fake Instagram account. And the Finsta. Like, yeah, the Finsta. And, like, he had to... Like, there's a great episode about boundaries, you know, and how um, just because you think something is funny does not mean that it won't affect the other person at the other end um, in a negative way. So they just had, like, this beautiful episode and honestly season with him. Of yeah. him learning about boundaries and what that means for different people. And learning and be and maturing. And yeah. being placed in some very sticky situations. I mean, I yeah. when he... He really grew up. He really grew up and it was really nice to see, like, him act, like making these choices. Mm-hmm. Because, like, for example, one of the characters on the show, he's the landlord or rather, like, the super of the building, owner of the building... He's a he's a recovering alcoholic for the mm-hmm. first two seasons. You know that he's sober for however eight years or whatever at that point, and he relapses. And what for them to touch upon that topic in such a very relatable way yeah. and bring hit that boy in mm-hmm. to kind of like put him in an awkward position of like how like I know I need to help you, but you're asking not to. And yeah. choosing to do the right thing over what he was asked to do yeah. is such a telling, like, symbol of, of maturity. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful to watch. Like, every season, I definitely teared up quite a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it goes without saying that wedding. Oh, oh yeah. If you haven't watched it, I'm sorry. You have to watch it, okay? So, like, go and watch it. But if you have... You know what I'm talking about. At the wedding, basically, like, it, it, it mimics the first season. Because in the first season, you have... Basically, the daughter um, is, 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 is having a kingse, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she has made the choice to, like, wear a suit as opposed to a dress. She's learning about her body. She's, under, she's learning about her sexual orientation and all that. So she decides, you know, I'm going to wear a suit because what I, cause I'm gay. Yeah. And her father, who is also... Oh, sorry. Yes. But to preface it, it wasn't so much that, like, she wore the suit because she was gay. She wore the suit because she didn't want a quinceañera. Right. She hates the institution of, like, what a quinceañera means, you know. It's a Which very, is pretty creepy, yeah. Yeah, it's a very old school, like, let me show off my 15-year-old daughter to all of the available... Well, all the potential... Of suitors in her life, like she's clearly had her first bleed at this point. Like it is nasty, you it know. Is. So she was like, "Okay, fine, I'll have a quinceanera, but I'll have it my way." Right. And her way meant she was gonna wear a suit instead of a instead of a dress. And that to me, because I had a quinceanera, I was like, "Fuck! I wish jumpsuits would have been a thing back in the day." <laughs> Do you think, would your mom, though, have let you wear a jumpsuit? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. But you know what? My mom was also okay with me not having a quinceanera. I just chose to have one. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money, to be fair. It's, the quinceaneras yeah. are expensive as yeah. fuck. But anyway, but anyway, so the girl in the first season, she want, she she dresses in a suit. The dad is going through some shit. Yeah. I mean, on top of his own addiction and on top of, like, his own issues, like, he was abusive and a bunch of shit, yeah. 
he fucking, he just rejects her at her own king say, and, like, that important dance that you're supposed to have with your father doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And she clearly carries that resentment all through season two mm-hmm. and into season three. And into season three, the the father has made a lot of changes in his life, and he's, like, found a new a new uh a new wife and all that and like he's clearly trying to get his life together and she is just like why are we all ignoring the fact that he still abandoned his family that he abandoned me on the day that i needed him and they really didn't have to make him a good guy yeah they really didn't have to like give him a plat like allow him to use like to write in that he's using his wedding as a platform to connect to to his daughter Mm mm-hmm but they did. And I wasn't even ready for it. I, I really, you know, like, you, you, when you watch as much TV as we do, you can predict how things are going to go and where we're going to go with things. I'm, like, already tearing up. I, I totally thought that what was going to happen is when she's having that moment with Paparito, that he was going to be there yeah. looking for them. And then when it's like, you get back into the reception hall and he makes the same speech that she essentially gave to her brother... Like, as, a, as her own way of letting go. I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> but I also feel like... It was intentional in the way that... A kid or anybody... Like, even someone our age that, like... Had that happen to them. Seeing this is some kind of closure as well. Because, you know, okay. at the end of the day, like... Whether you're gay, straight, bi, trans, etc., mm-hmm. you just want to be accepted. Yeah. Um, and when the people that you love most don't give you that acceptance, you're going to forever seek it. Yeah. Whether it's from them or a potential partner or your friends or even from yourself, because you'll never mm-hmm. have it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that show gives some people some type of closer to that chapter of their lives yeah and she definitely as a as a character like she represents and demonstrates you know this love the anger and resentment i feel are so, are so characteristic in the in the way that the story builds mm-hmm. because she, her defenses are are up for the whole yeah. the whole thing and it's not just one episode it is built over yep. two seasons this like these walls that she has broken open and the walls that she keeps up. Mm-hmm. And when she's reunited with her dad, her walls are immediately up. Mm-hmm. She just expects that he's going to use the wrong pronoun and he and as if like to hurt her feelings yeah. like and it, and I feel like there's definitely a community of of LGBTQ ABC yeah. I uh, so One, two, many three. every single on the spectrum who feel that way mm-hmm. and feel like they have to be strong because they want to protect their yeah. themselves so they're just ready to put up the fight if they need it you know like they're ready to to to, to like throw down in the ring which is very different than the way things were you know 2 decades ago yeah. where 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 people just kept it to themselves or they didn't make it a deal at all big cousin, or small the cousin in the first episode yeah the cousin in the first episode, the cousin who's like, yeah, I'm gay, it's open, but like, when you learn when you get older that you don't need to like wear your rainbow on yeah. your face, but you know, but at the same time. But it was also like the way that the family, like, so 
you see the clash of two generations mm-hmm. within the gay community in one family. Mm-hmm. You have, oh my God, what's her name in the show? Gwen. Her cousin. I don't know. I want to call her Rosa because that's her name on Brooklyn I want to call her Jade. I want to say that it's Jade, but it's not Jade. It can't be Jade. I don't fucking... I feel like that's her name. Um, whatever. So, the the cousin is older. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody knows that she's gay, but no one acknowledges that she's gay. Right? Mm-hmm. And at this point, she doesn't need that acknowledgement. Like, she's happy with her wife, the life that they live. To her, she's just like, this is her family. She's accepted them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also interesting. But she's also like, I'm not going to change the minds of these yeah, old so people. Yeah, so she's done. Like... I'm just, you know, they... But they're also not... They, a, but they're not... They just, they're like, don't throw it around, we love you. Yeah, they're, they're just like, no one's arguing about her sexuality anymore. And they don't think that what they went to was a wedding. Yeah, which is, which is the funniest thing. <laughs> because... Okay, so before I continue with that, one of those Facebook groups that I always tell you that I'm a part of, mm-hmm. they were kind of chatting about the show, and, and like, a lot of the Hispanic people in that chat especially the Cuban people, they were like, oh, like, you know, I don't like the show, or the show kind of feels like it's a caricature of who we are. And I was like, well, number one, that's kind of the whole thing about sitcoms, right? It's never, like, a true lens into a specific group. it, It kind of is. But for the most part, like, it's exaggerated. And honestly, us as Cubans, we're super fucking exaggerated. Like, half the shit that Rita Moreno's character does is half the shit that my mom does. Mm-hmm. You know, or, like, that my abuela does. Or, like, all these family members that come in and out of the show. I'm like, bro, I could pinpoint, like, ese tío bido, ese tío my tío Jorge, like, my boo over here. Like, all these different people. My boo. I know, I found her on Facebook. One day I'm going to meet her. I want to meet, like, meet my boo. If she ever comes to the States. Yeah. Or if you ever go to Cuba, which you won't. Which I won't. Um, so it was like, either <laughs> I'm just like desensitized completely to TV, or the show feels too personal to me to like feel the need to criticize it. Right. And I do criticize it because at the end of the day, like I feel that Schneider and the Doctor are there because us Cubans like to be white adjacent. Yeah. Right? So, like, we are all... Like, they are the only persons of color in the show. Right. With the exception of the one friend in, in therapy. Right. But for the most part, their relationships are, quote-unquote, white folks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, anyway. So, the cousin is like, oh, you know, whatever. Like, I don't need a family to, to accept me. It is what it is. They, like, poked poke fun of the fact that, like, she had a backyard barbecue wedding, and everybody thought that they had gone to a barbecue, not a wedding. Mm-hmm. And then they, they had this, like, go, uh, ongoing joke of, like, oh, she's gay. Like, like we never say gay, we just kind of throw our hands up in the air and, like, you know, we shrug about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many times I've seen my family do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. We don't, like, like, with one of my cousins, I'm not gonna say his name, mm-hmm. because it's not fair, but um, everybody's like, oh, like, oh, have you, have you talked to so-and-so or whatever? And everybody kind of does a, you know, hands up in the air, struggling, like, oh, he's living in no sé qué place con su pareja. You know, everybody's just like, oh, whatever. 
And that's, that's all we say about him. Oh, yeah. I have cousins in places that I won't mention who are gay. Yeah. And to, and like, and, and we're talking like, yeah, so mayore, yeah. like he, he or she is already, yeah, in like late 40s yeah. and, and has a partner. But even to this day, like, doesn't regard as a partner. That's yeah. his or her friend. There. It's their friend of like 15 years. The roommate. Right. It's the friend and like it's, you know, the friend can come to things, but no one, at least not around. I mean, you yeah. Know. Like it's just like we love you. We don't From get there. what's happening, but we love you and okay. And I like hands in the air. Okay, bueno. Yeah. It is what it is. And I love seeing, it's true, that culture clash of like, you know, like, I'm just happy I didn't get kicked out of the house. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm willing to take what I, like, take what I can and accept the love that they're giving me, but know that like, you know, I I have my happiness at home. Like, it's, I don't need to like, not only, I don't need to be so. She's done fighting. She's done fighting. And then you have this other generation that's like. Like, like you're gonna accept me. Well, be where where people have like, and this is a generation where people have like coming out parties. I know. Like this, you know, even I, we can even say that we're old enough to know that when like people were coming out, even we were, when we were in high school, yeah. like it was still like a conversation that you had, like very serious. Everybody sat around the table, explained each other, even if even though your parents likely accepted it, not all, but some yeah. most did. Like, yeah, by the time we were in high school, I feel like it was more of a thing of, like, my mom would know if, like, I had a gay friend or not, mm-hmm. um, and it was always okay for them to come over, for us to go out, or whatever, but then there was a stigma behind it of, I could never stay over their house, and they could never stay over mine. Yes. Yes. So it was like, it was a slightly open door. Yeah. You know, it's like... We're willing to put up with it up to here. Now it's different because, you know, like, I, I turn into Elena and I'm like, no, mom, this is why mm-hmm. what, what, the way that you're thinking is wrong. Um, so she, they have become a lot more accepting in their later years, I, as I feel like happens, you know, as we evolve. Um, but, yeah, like, it's funny to see, like, Elena being like, no, no, you're going to accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how empowering. Yeah. And I love that 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 the gen, that our generation has become that. And the fact, like, like to, to the point that the people on on your group, mm-hmm. your Facebook group, have to say, like, is it is it is it all that, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is yes, there are definitely character caricatures mm-hmm. in the show because, like you said, you can identify this person as this person as this person as this person in your life. But they don't usually all sit together in a house with a Schneider, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, it is a situational comedy. It's, it is designed to dem- to create and enforce a situation yeah. and find the lightness, the light in it. And uh, while it's not always the truth, they're, like everything that they talk about is very easily relatable. Like, cuando hablan de... de when when um when Rita Moreno, I always call her Rita Moreno and not her name, whatever her name is. Okay, what's her name? When la abuela, abuela 
<laughs> when when the when la abuela gets a gift from uh, so she's doing her bucket list her bouquet her list. bouquet list and the the doctor is like i want to give you this gift i want to take you back to cuba mm-hmm. and she's like pero no you know no i'm not gonna i'm never going back to cuba like the way that she answered that like was very like like, she's like, I can't go back. Like, I'm not going to go back. Like, that's not my country anymore. Sorry, Livia. Livia. When when he tells Livia, like, like I bought you these tickets to go to Cuba, and she says no, like, the way that she talks about it is everything I've heard all my life. You know, every, the way that it's approached, like, this, like, delicacy, like, not delicacy, like, this delicate, like, hand over it, like, these white gloves that you have to tenderly carry this egg yeah. Like, like you know, we talk about going back, but we'll never go back, like or whatever. And, yeah, we'll and, reminisce and we'll we'll put it on the pedestal, but we'll never visit it again. Never. We're never gonna make it a tangible thing. Right. And like I watched that, and like our families have very different perspectives on yes. going back home. Um. So I watched that, and I was like, oh, Astor's abuela, right there. Yeah, a hundred percent. Just a, a, like a whole lot sweeter about it. Yeah, no, my, yeah. But that's why at the end, when she ends up in Cuba, it's like... Smoking cigars. What happened so here? Good. So good. It's so good. Oh, my God. Well, I feel like it's the overwhelming sense of wanting to be back home. Yeah. It won out for her. Yeah. You know? Well, no, that and keeping to what she wanted, like, like her actual desire was to spread her late husband's ashes. Yeah. So, and she wanted to spread them there. So I think that overcame it. Because you see it in the scene where yeah. she's smoking cigars and then el, el, el doctor Dr. is, like, sitting in the back holding the urn. Yeah. So there's, like, I don't know. For me, so it's, like, um, the, the character that hits home the most is her husband. Because he he's dead. Bento. Bento. You know, and like his memory is holier like is uh, bigger than life. Yeah. Um that's what my grandfather represents to me and like my family. Yeah. So whenever he like makes an appearance and it's always like at the most pivotal moment in the show. Yeah. You know, it's like I feel like any of us that have lost that figure mm-hmm. can all connect to it. Yeah. You know, it's a the the inner conversations that you're having of, like, did I make the right decision here? Like, what would he have done or what would he have said at this moment in time to me? Yeah. You know, and they just, oh, they really got me mm-hmm. with Beto. For me, it's Lupe. Lupe. Oh, yeah. Lupe Let's is Let's talk about just, crying. I know. I... <sighs> Let's talk about crying for a minute. I love that that character, the actress who plays her, is so connected to her work mm-hmm. because literally every scene she's near tears. I know. And I'm not saying that you have to cry to be effective. I'm just saying that like she really does involve herself or connect so much to yeah. these characters and to herself as a, as this person that she. It, when she cries, it makes sense to mm-hmm. the pressures that are that are surrounding her, her mm-hmm. situation. But it's always filled with strength and with love. It's literally like she's crying because she literally has to, like, there's no other way to further express the emotion. Yeah. And it's just in addition to whatever the situation is. Yeah. And, and her journey 
Mm-hmm. Like, and considering that she's gone through so much to become aware of her anxiety, to treat her anxiety, to be comfortable being alone, mm-hmm. um, and then to be to be the to be helpful to another who is going through like yeah. be helpful to the person who has helped her so much mm-hmm. and the way that she does it is like like i saw me like i mm-hmm. literally saw me like how i deal with things and how she like put everybody away like everything's fine and just was like how fucking dare you and i was just like mm-hmm. yes ma'am I don't know. I really, really like her. And she remind. I don't know. She just reminds me of, like, every mom. Like, she reminds yeah. me of my mom. She reminds me of, like, just these strong women who, like, put up with a lot. With very little support. You know, mm-hmm. with a very little, like, male support. But that doesn't mean that they are without. Yeah. And uh, it's just great. And I... And I'm always going to be a sucker for, like, single mom stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like... It's the real reality of things, and it's more common than not. Mm-hmm. And when it's represented well, Hell kudos yeah. are deserved. I mean, the truth is that I grew up with both parents in my house, but my mother is very much a single mom. Yeah. You know, my dad was just there, but my mom would get on a bus, pick me up from school, would get back on a bus, go to another house to clean, like, make sure I did my homework. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was a disciplinarian. So this day is a disciplinarian. My dad was there for fun. Yeah. You know? In and out of my life. Yeah. And while, like, my dad was around, it was just a different... It was different. It was weird. Because I had... I Here I had single mom most of the time. And then mm-hmm. I had single dad the other times. And when you're when you're a child of divorce you really do understand the difference between dad's house and mom's house and, yeah. like, what you can get away with in each house and the way that love is demonstrated and, like, the pressures that are really on both of them. Like, the pressures that was on my mom were were very immediate pressure, like, yeah, keeping up the home, kind of, like, just like Lupe, like, just focusing on making sure that the kids are fed and dressed and doing what they're supposed to do and going to school and, like, you're working your ass off and that may be toward getting the next promotion or just to keep fucking food on the table. Mm-hmm. And then you go to dad's and dad is doing his thing, but he's a little, like, you know, like, lost, you know? Dad is always a little bit lost until he's found somehow. And that's how and that's how it shows in the show. Like he yeah. even the dad kind of like not like he gets better, but he gets better and then meets somebody else to like make him feel more oh, whole yeah. again. And sometimes I think it is really true that for men there is definitely a need for companionship. I think everybody needs companionship, um, but but you know what I also feel is because we raised we definitely raise our kids as there are, you know, as we live in the binary of men, woman, man, yeah. woman, and we raise our quote unquote girls to be independent because one day they'll run a household and we raise boys or men to be dependent on the partner that they'll have, which they hope is a woman. So like they'll go from mom's house where they're taken care of to now his house 
where he'll have a wife to be taken care of. Yeah. You know, and in that, no one's really learning how to be dependent and independent and, like, needing, not needing, how to be, like, we're not, we don't, we're just kind of, like, thrusted into this and hope for the best. Yeah. You know, and that's why, that's where you get, like, all this, that's where you get how I feel, like, yeah, I have both parents at home, but I definitely felt like I was raised by a single mom. Because my dad, my mom would get home and she would take care of me, take care of my dad, take care of my uncle because he never remarried and he lived with us. My abuela went through, and is still going through a very difficult depression after my grandfather died. So it was like, she's taking care of everybody, but no one's taking care of my mom. Yeah. You know? And it's like, we, we do ourselves a disservice by raising our children that way. And especially nowadays. Now when we quote unquote know better. Right. Yeah, but what we know is what we is like this hindsight study. Like what we know is like yes, in hindsight maybe we should have been this way, but the truth is that we're all conditioned to raise and be raised this way. Yeah. And that is harder to break than anything else. And I feel like despite it all, I hope personally, I know that when I raise my kid, I'm going to raise them to be I'm going to try my best to raise them to be as independent as they can be. And yeah, I am definitely going to enforce that upon my daughter more than anything because that is how we are raised. Yeah. We're raised to be, to, to always be ready for the worst and to try to handle it to the best of our ability. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I, and while I want to do the same for my son, I think about like, how do I do that? When all I when I when all I know is what I know about raising boys in the generations that we've lived in, so it's like, whereas, does that make sense? Whereas I see it as well, if the plan is to raise your girl X way, then the thought process should continue. If you have a boy, no, of course, but then but but there ha- but there's an element of nature and verse versus nurture here, I know. and. There's more support to, uh, to like, nurture the environment that we have for women to make them feel more independent. Mm-hmm. Now that we've succeeded through, you yeah. know, the suffragette movement and the women's rights movement, now there's definitely more support. And now in this time, mejor todavía, we can raise strong women who are, have, who are more in line with their voice. Men are now on a different train. And men are now in. We're in the age of just me like then me too, where men literally don't know what is right and like they know what's right and wrong, but they don't know what's right and wrong, which is which is talked about in the show, yeah. where this where the kid has the finsta, and in the finsta he thinks it's okay to touch a girl a girl's boob as long as she's laughing through it, but doesn't understand the nuance of that, which yeah. women do, you know, so. I feel like, and I hope that when we have kids, you know, that nuance is is not going to be so understated in the minds of men because it's going to be more prevalent in society. It's going to be more sensitive. Yeah. Sensitive. Yeah, like you're hoping that there will be more people there to be to take on the role of like, like nurture what I've started at home. Yeah, where they're like, hold on, hold up a minute. Yes, hold up a minute. Um. <laughs> As I live and breathe. As I live and breathe. 
what you're doing is not okay. And I feel like that comes from... In order for someone to feel that it's okay to talk to a child in public, everybody everybody around you needs to feel empowered Mm -hmm. enough to know that that's not okay. Right. Um... It goes back to, like, the village raises as a yeah, child. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, I just feel that he, like, Michael and I have exhausted the conversation of how we plan to raise our children, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you are right, it is difficult to have at least, like, the foresight up to how you're going to raise a boy in during the Me Too movement. Whereas I think of, like, well, by the time that child will be out in the world um, making terrible decisions, yeah, you know, it is post these, these things halfway through whatever the thing is at that time. Yeah. Um, whatever the movement is at that time. So by that time, my job should have already been started of, like, you know, these are bound, like, there are boundaries. This is what they are. This is what they mean. Like, if you don't like it being done to you, why should you do it to somebody else? You know, it's like all these conversations that, like, you're constantly going to have to force yourself to have, whether you have a girl, boy, in between, neither, like, wherever the child will fall in the spectrum, because by that time, they're going to come out of the womb being like, nah, bitch, <laughs> We're not, you're not going to gender me now, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, now I don't know... And this is me, like, I guess because I'm still old school in... I just say, use your better judgment. Like, there's nothing wrong with feeling... Like, this is... This is the issue that I have with the current state of things and PC culture, right? Um, We... Where we have taken 400 steps forward, we have taken 800 back. Mm -hmm. Right? Because now, you know, we've, we've... We've not felt so empowered that we feel so empowered in telling someone that because they gave their child a gender at birth, that they're wrong for doing that. Because that child should have been able to pick a gender and this and the other. And I'm like, look, listen, I get what you're fighting. But in the grand scheme of things that you will have to fight in life, Mm -hmm. you have to pick your battle. Mm Mm-hmm. And if that parent is comfortable in the decision that they have made, then that's that. And if that child turns three and is like, listen, I'm a reptile. Yeah. I will never accept that because I fucking hate reptiles (laughs) and amphibians. I will say it now. I will struggle with that decision. But I will try to love them. Prejudice of the animal kingdom. I will try to love them and keep them in a cage with a little light on so they can be warm. But... If that child, at whatever age, decides to come up to you and be like, you're such an asshole, how dare you assign a gender at me, like, ugh, I'll be like, listen, I fucked up. Because I felt that what you have between your legs would they say your gender. If that's not what you want, dale. Got daddy want that, let's go to the DMV and fix your shit. Let's go. Let's make this right. <laughs> because that's the kind of person I am. Mm-hmm. Because I'm very open and decide the other. Other parents might struggle. Other parents might have to have, like, a thorough conversation. Go to therapy. Go to this. Do that. But for me, I'm like, you know what? I feel like... Here's here's the thing that I don't plan on doing. Because 
I don't dress like that as an adult, so I don't see the need for it. Mm-hmm. I don't plan on having a, a extremely gendered room for my child or a baby shower like that. I, I don't want to have a gender reveal party because, I mean, it's another fucking baby that I'm choosing to have. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there are certain things that I will I have decided to forego for me. Mm. You know? Now, if someone decides to give me, like, a pink bowl, the pink dress with pink tool and pink, 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 I'd be like, oh, thank you, and I'll just put it away. But I'm, I'm not going to fight someone because that's, that's the image that they have in their head of what they think my baby will look like. You know? They may never see the child dressed as Pepto-Bismol. No. But I no. will thank them for their gift. You will, because I'm going to find that dress hanging in the closet when I'm babysitting said baby. And you're going to be gone doing your thing. And when you come back, that baby's going to be dressed in that, walking around uncomfortable in this itchy tool. And I'm going to be like... I found it. I found it. Look at your baby. And then I'll be like, you're never babysitting again. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you know, I feel like... In other words, I'm the one who's buying the pink dress. Yeah, you and like all my aunts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, you know, it's like... Oh, that and, like, the new fear of, like, getting pregnant and being afraid that it's a boy because how are we going to raise our boys now? Or, like, having a girl... Like, no one wants girls anymore. It's, like, the worst thing you can have in this world now is a girl because you have to think of so many things and I'm here, like, what the fuck do you have to think about it? This was a, a developing country. You're not thinking about shit. You just want a healthy baby. Like, okay. only this country forces you to, like... Feel that, oh my god, if it's a girl, I'm gonna spend so much money between the bowls, get the earrings, get the purse, get this or that. I'm like, it's a baby. Or like, I have to lock her in a room. Yeah, I'm like. And bars on the windows, my baby cannot see another so, male for so like, what you're saying all is her life. You want your daughter to do what all your girlfriends did when we were younger. Right, but that came from the. It's it's, it's wrong, but it's how, but it's what we it's know. It's psychosis how we have. Yes, it's wrong, but it's the way that we feel. So it's like this. I am saying, look, you know, another thing I am gonna say here: all my children are having pinceneras. What? All of them. What? All of them. I don't care how many kids I have and how many pinceneras. I hope you have so for. many. I hope I don't, because that's a lot of money to spend on pinceneras. But I fucking loved having a pince. And, like, every game that I went to, I had a great time. If they... But, like, for real, though, I will definitely be the parent of, like, you're definitely having a quinceañera. And then when they're, like, 13 and a half, and I'm like, okay, time to start planning your quinceañera. And they're like, Mom, I don't want to do that. I want to, like, go to a cruise. I'd be like, one, your father's not setting foot on a cruise. Okay? <laughs> he cannot handle being on by sea. So it needs to be on land. That's one. Two. Pick something else. You don't want the party? Fine. Fine. You want to go to Europe? We'll go to fucking Europe. Okay, so you so for it's really more celebrating the milestone. Yeah. You want to celebrate the milestone, just not at sea. I definitely don't. Like, if your kids want to do it by sea, then we'll figure it out. No, no, no you're but going. not. You're going, and I'm Michael's not. gonna have to take the the medicine that they provide at the at the front. Yeah. You know? There's gonna be vomit bags and shit, exactly. but whatever, man. Y'all gonna you're gonna chill at the Caymans with us. It's gonna yeah. be great. And if all of our kids are born within the same year, 
then fuck it, easier. Double, double quince. But you know party. what we'll do? We'll, we'll do this. If we do a cruise, we'll all just we'll go to Alaska. Even better, they'll we'll hate all do it. Alaska. They'll hate it, we'll love it. They'll be surrounded by old people so they won't make stupid decisions. No, that's one. They'll make stupid decisions. No, but they won't have other kids to make the stupid decisions with because they're the only kids. And everything well, there will be enough night. of us that there will be more kids. I know. You know, like, I'm both, like, scared and excited for that time, you know? I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited, but I'm scared because, you know, it's true. Like, you, it's like the end of a chapter and you're like, I mean, I know I'm ready, but, like, it's the end of a chapter of, like, your, like, of us theorizing how our children are going to be. And then we sit, we're sitting back, having our glasses of wine, looking out into the horizon that is all of our kids, being assholes to each other, <laughs> you know, and then me, like, we're talking about how we have this podcast and we're talking about this and just me yelling at them to stop yeah. hitting their cousin. Is that how long we're going to have this podcast? Hopefully. Can you imagine? This is going to be us recording in Alaska. This on, is... On the Quinceanera Cruz. On the Quinceanera Cruz. Y'all are invited. Oh my god! All right, I think I think we have to cut this off here. We've we've Fine. gone well past our mid hour mark. Whatever. It's been great. Trash. I love these conversations. I know. I love theorizing about what our kids are gonna be like yeah. later in life, and I'm like, I don't care how they come if by land or if by sea. I just like, I just want to see what kind of human I'll raise. Yeah. And if I fuck up, fuck it. I'll start. I'll start up with another. As long <laughs> Another. Another, please. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully we'll get there and hopefully we will, um, we will, we will have that. Yeah. And experience. if not, we have enough friends that have kids, so we'll fuck up theirs too. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. And, uh, remember to subscribe. Yes. So you can subscribe. Now we are on Spotify. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 moving on up to we're the in, east side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're we ha- we're on TuneIn. Mm-hmm. Right. We're still on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play. Tell your friends. Tell your coworkers. Tell all the people that we have great conversations that you like to listen to in the car on the way to work. I mean, really. Um, real. And make sure to follow us on Instagram. We're at Baby Lambs Podcast on um, mm-hmm. pretty much everything. That's our handle for everything. Mm-hmm. So we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Join the Bad Kids Club, and <laughs> um, and have a good um, you know gangsy. Yeah, have a great gangsy. Enjoy Pisces season. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Baby Lambs Podcast. Artwork was provided by Janabelle Art. You can follow her on all of her social medias. She's on Instagram and Facebook. And you can follow us on Instagram via our handle at Baby Lambs Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Baby Lambs PCast or Baby Lambs Podcast. You can find us now on iTunes and Google Play yeah, yeah. and even on CastBox, which is actually a really cool app, also by finding us via our handle, Baby Lambs Podcast, or by visiting our website at babylambspodcast.com. Thanks again for listening.